The US Report. And let's cross to our man in the United States of America. It's good morning to Rod Smith, live from San Diego. Hello, Rod. G'day, Clinton. Uh, yeah, look, it seems like every weekend we get a little uh, bit of rain. Yeah, today, 14 degrees, uh, going for a top of 18. And uh, would you believe 60% uh, of uh, the chance of rain? There you oh, go. Okay, okay. I've heard it's a bit chilly. I've heard it's a bit chilly because... We have our rugby league commentary team, the continuous call team from 2GB4BC, in Vegas mm-hmm. at the moment, and they've told me that it is a bit chilly. And I mention that because later today, Australian time, the NRL Premiership season will kick off for the first time in history on American soil. Yeah, look, uh, I, I would say it's a real bold move by the NRL uh, because, uh, you know, the 2024 season. Uh, like you said, it will be opening with a double header in Vegas uh, at Allegiant Stadium. No matter what the weather is, it is a covered stadium. Uh, you know, like with the Seagull Eagles taking on uh, the Rabbitohs, the Roosters going head-to-head with the Broncos. Now, tickets in the stadium have ranged from has this third row near the sideline for $189 to way up in the top section for only 19 mm. Now... To convert U.S. fans to rugby league, that's going to be a real hard thing to do there, Clinton. Because when you mention rugby league uh, here in the U.S., Americans are a little unsure what you're talking about because they think you're talking about rugby. Good point. That That is, you know, like rugby, they know what rugby is all about, but not rugby league. And, you know, like some education is needed between the two especially here. So what you'd have to do, what the Australian NRL have to do, is get to the point of advertising saturation so they can point out what rugby league is and what rugby union is. So uh, that's, that's from the ground level. So uh, hopefully a lot of Americans will be watching the games. It's a really interesting initiative, and on that that issue, uh, Matt Johns, who is uh, one of the leading media commentators here now, but but former Newcastle Knights star and played for New South Wales and Australia, he is quoted in the Sunday Telegraph today mentioning that problem, that a lot of people in in Vegas are confusing the game for rugby, between rugby league and rugby union. And to be honest, many of our listeners in AFL states that listen to this program also become confused about it. Rugby league and rugby union are now very, very different games. Rugby union is basically rugby league with all the problems. Um, rugby league removes a lot of the problems of rugby union, to be honest, but then I'm a, I'm a league fan, not really a union fan. Matt Johns makes the point in the paper today that we should be marketing the game to the Americans as NRL in the same way that, that gridiron, American football gridiron, we refer to it in this country as NFL, the name of the competition. Well, perhaps the same, we should do the same thing with rugby league to differentiate it from rugby union by calling it the NRL. That's a good point there. Uh, he's come up with a good idea because it's going to be a really hard task to uh, educate a lot of Americans. I, I must admit, though, I think what this is, and, and obviously the NRL administration here, Rod, they want to spread the game to America, but I think there are other motives behind this. Well, they've actually been pretty clear. Firstly, the betting market in the United States, which is the sports betting market like it is here but it's booming and I think that the boss of the rugby league here the NRL wants to just grab a tiny percentage share of that because it'll bring a lot of money into the game from America but I think secondly at this end Rod in the rugby league states I've never seen so much hype about the start of the football season here 
the hype is next level at the moment, despite the fact the game has been played on the other side of the world. And I think it's right. it's generating a lot of interest back home, which is giving rugby league a big boost. Well, the thing is, uh, once you explain to Americans what rugby league is all about, they're all in. That's the good thing. But you really have to explain it to them. There's a there's a Russell Crowe video uh, that's been on YouTube for a few weeks. I saw it a week or two ago. That's designed for the American market to explain the the rules of rugby league, and it's very well produced, and it explains the game really well. And it actually be really handy for for people in parts of Australia who don't understand rugby league and the differences with rugby union. It's a really good video, and, and you know Russell Crowe's voice is brilliant, so he explains it very well. Now, other news in the United States: we've been talking a lot about medications. And we do talk about vitamins on this program a fair bit with our naturopath. A man has died as a result of vitamin D toxicity. Yeah, look, uh, experts are sounding the alarm after a man recently died from a a vitamin D overdose. Now, the 98-year-old man passed away after taking high levels of the supplement for nine months prior to his death. Now, the deceased is uh, said to have shown the highest possible recorded levels of vitamin D in his body with uh, levels of 380. Now, Harvard recommends adults maintain a level of only 30. So that's uh, a little bit way up there. Mm. So uh, current food and labelling requirements do not require these risks and side effects to be written on the packaging. In the US, the FDA has been pressuring pharmaceutical uh, companies and the sector to make sure companies have the proper warnings on the labelling. It's something that you do hear about it from time to time. Not people necessarily suffering toxicity and fatal overdose, but you do hear of people taking too much vitamin C because they they think they're doing the right thing having it. Well, that's, yeah, vitamin C, but this is vitamin D. Vitamin D is just, uh, you know, you've got to run out in the sun and get your vitamin D, but taking it, it's just, uh, you know, uh, to a level like that, it's just... Way mm. beyond you shouldn't. But I've certainly heard about vitamin C, people taking too much vitamin C. Uh, Generation Z, this is a surprising one, is bringing back the landline phone. Well, they think it looks cool. Now, the humble landline phone <laughs> is just making a comeback with Gen Z or Gen Zs. Uh, now, the sweet nostalgia for uh, retro communication. Some young people have uh, purchased old school phones. Now, a reminder of a a simpler pre-digital era. Whether the phone is actually plugged in or simply functions as a vintage decor piece, well, they say the the phone looks cool. Major retailers in the US are are selling new ones looking straight out of the Brady Bunch. Gen Z or Gen Zers have uh, really embarrassed other technology. uh, Well, they've not embarrassed, they've embraced it, sorry, from their, their childhoods because, uh, you know, like, they didn't get it when they were around, when they were born. And, uh, like, the resurgence of the, the, the flip phones, the uh, CDs, vinyl records and cameras with film, most Americans aren't using landlines. That's right, 70% uh, do not use landlines here in the United States. So, globally, providers are phasing out analogue signals in favour of digital uh, with fibre optic and wireless technology. So I uh, don't know what's going to happen there. They won't have a landline to plug it in, will they? We haven't had a landline at home for about five or six years. And I, I reckon if I showed my kids 
a phone, a landline phone with a dial, they would have no idea how to use it. <laughs> now, or maybe a public phone. What would yeah, they go, what's yes. that? <laughs> what's that indeed? Now, on the on our continuous call team live from Las Vegas earlier today on some of our network stations, there was a discussion about tipping in the United States, and some of the boys on air were confused about how much you should tip. When you go to a salon for a haircut, how much are you meant to tip there? Well, look, a man sparked outrage on social media after he was prompted to uh, select a very high tip while paying for a walk-in haircut. Now, the unhappy customer called it highway robbery for his $15 mm. trim. Now, the tip choices were 50% at $7.50, uh, 70% $10.50, and even 90% for $13.50. Now, effectively covering a, a more of the haircut, really, from his bank account, in addition to his head. His so, <laughs> some call this guilt tipping, would you believe there, Clinton, uh, where patrons are pressured to leave extra money at coffee shops, fast food joints, and other places with minimal customer service. And, you know, like... Um, I, you know, being here in the United States for 12 years, I'm still not accustomed to tipping. And, uh, you know, if you don't tip, they think there's something wrong or whatever like that. But uh, as, you know, like with, uh, you know, with fast food, you walk into a fast food place um, and, you know, you select how to, how to pay and they do have that on the screen, you know, like uh, what tip they want. And you oh, kind of right. go, uh, well, you really haven't given me that service, so no tip. So I can understand what, what the guys in Vegas are talking about. Um, it, it becomes a bit of a hassle because especially in Australia, you know, it's, it's not the norm to tip, is it? Yeah, it's very, and it's very confusing when Australians go overseas and just to know what the rules are. It's not that you want to do the wrong thing if by the staff who are serving you. It's just knowing what the protocol is, how much it's meant to be, can be pretty confusing. And just lastly, Rod, the number one exercise for losing weight and you don't need to go to the gym? Yeah, look, before you wander into the gym and start you know, torturing yourself by trying to do everything at once, you may be doing too much too fast, according to research. One simple exercise that beats the rest and helps melt away the pounds is power walking, would you believe? You know, um, your new best weight loss friend. So power walking can be done almost anywhere. No equipment is, is needed, and all you need is a good pair of walking shoes. Walking is low impact and creates low wear, and, and it's really no wear and tear on the body. So go for a 30-minute uh, walk today there, Clinton. You know, it, uh, you're going to be feeling really good about it. And, uh, you know, don't forget that five-minute cool-down, you know, where you, you reduce your pace on the home stretch. And, uh, you know, all good for losing those extra pounds and keeping that healthy mind and body. Rod, I've been wearing the Fitbit now on my wrist. Uh, I know a lot of people have had these for years. I've only had one for two weeks. 
and I've been using it to monitor my sleep and obviously working these hours I don't get enough sleep but what it has done it has motivated me to clock up the 10,000 steps per day and most days while I've had it I've been clocking up the 10,000 steps and, and sometimes in a power walking style I look really silly power walking look like something out of Monty Python but I'm doing it anyway hey Rod always good to talk to you we'll catch up next week thanks Clinton and uh, go the Seagulls Seagulls playing South Sydney in the first match, and the second match is the Broncos up against the uh, Rabbitohs. Uh, sorry, it's the, it's the Seagulls up against the Rabbitohs, the Broncos up against the Roosters, and you'll hear live coverage on the continuous call team. Rod Smith in the United States.